I have now entered into the place where no man can solo. I have now undertook an undertaking that must have supernatural intervention for it to work. I may be able to do a lot of things with my wife. I may be able to do a lot of things with my kids or grandchildren. I may be able to do some things with a church member or two or three or four or whatever. But I just entered into the one place. I can't have anybody's help but God. Would you pray please with me? Father in Jesus name take thy word. Open it up Lord and make it enthusiastic. Make it exciting. I pray tonight every one of us in this place would grasp gospel. Truth would be laid hold to. And you would teach us from the pages of this book. For Jesus' sake I ask it. Amen. You can have a seat. God bless you. I don't have a title. Didn't have one this morning. Still don't have one. I'm not all caught up in introductory as much as I am in the main body of this, if I had a great title tonight and you got that, you may miss the rest of it. I don't want you to miss the rest of it. Uh, surely we can have both of them, but tonight we lack the title. Maybe as we preach along, God will help us. But I do not lack a proposition. I want to give you a substantial truth I want to give you a statement that's impacted with the power of God. And that is this. Every one of us as God's people, every one of us as children of the faith, weak or strong, every one of us as saved folk, every one of us as blood-bought believers, we can have victory over Satan. We have an arch enemy and a rival foe who has nothing more to look forward to than our decline. He hates this church. He hates me. He hates her. He hates us. Because an elderly woman was snatched out of his grasp just days before she entered eternity. Satan cannot stand that which challenges him and his folly. But I'm glad tonight I can give you an unmistakable challenge and a proposition. As God's people, we can overcome the evil one. We can overcome the wicked one if we will just simply understand and act upon three truths that's given to us out of the third chapter of the book of Zechariah. Zechariah is a prophetic word. Zechariah has symbols and symbolic language in it. And it has much to do with the last days. But this particular chapter, for application's sake, 
starts off dealing with Satan's presence in the presence of Joshua the high priest and in the presence of the angel of the Lord. The Holy Spirit spoke to me today and said, if he will come up before the Lord and threaten him, if he will come up against the high priest and threaten him with his presence, how much more? Will he come up and threaten us who are weak-kneed and limp at best? But we are not left without a solution. We are not left without a proposition. We are not left without truths that teach us how to overcome satanic power. Look with me at the first truth, if you will, and that is the truth of the person, and I'm just going to mention this in verse 2, 1 and 2, the person that he hates. He does not hate you and I. He hates the power we possess through the powerful one that possesses us. I have living, I may not be much to look at tonight. I may not be much for you to view and make a positive comment for outward appearance. I may not, in your estimation, be much at all uh, as far as someone to observe. But if you'll look deep enough, and if you'll look far enough, and if you'll look long enough, you'll see within me and within us a person whose name is Jesus. In the representation of the Holy Ghost of God, we have tonight living within us. I'm not trying to make it to heaven. I'm not trying to live right. I'm not trying and exerting uh, effort to prove my salvation to me, myself, or I. I have knowledge, and this is what the Bible teaches. Oh, we should get this. Tonight, God is going home with you. I think it's amen and hallelujah. I think it ought to be. But I wonder if you really got it. (laughs) He looks at your bills with you. When you're a single mother, he's the best daddy your kids could have. You say, I have people who pull me out of the fire. I have relatives who love me. I have, here it is, kinfolk who step to my aid. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. <laughs> and tonight, 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 this, this is not some Sunday go-to-meeting, have a good time, and check out and hang God up in the foyer. He rides with you. Some of you don't need to kill him, but, but he rides with you. Byron, he has your whole future. Laid out. 
why in the world do we have to pop drugs and and why and, and, and please take that right i'm not i'm not against what a pharmacist will tell you to do that'll help you but why have we got to take something somebody who's as in much trouble as we are why have we got to take something from them to fix us when we already have the fixer going home with us you folks that are retired and you're older and you're living on a fixed income and you don't you you know everything else isn't fixed and you're sort of Looking over the edge, concerned. How come? The God who spun it all into existence is going to your house. Tonight, he ain't coming back to go to your house. He's already here looking forward to your week. You see, he's already got everything set up. All you got to do is fit in. I tell you what you do in the morning. First thing, get up and just decide five minutes. I'm going to tell him how much I love him. In the morning... The next five minutes, read something that his wisdom printed. And then spend five minutes talking to him about him. (laughs) I promise you this. It'll change your life. It'll change your day. It'll change your week. The reason we're frustrated is we are self-dependent and not Savior-dependent. And so the first thing we see is the person. You know why Satan attacks me? Because he hates the insider. He remembers when he had me stumbling in the alleyways of life. He remembers when he had me headed to hell. I feel the presence of God here tonight. He had me headed toward hell. And he remembers how he shackled my life. And then he remembers how Jesus come along and unshackled it. And he remembers how Jesus came along and gave it reality and future and power. And he remembers how Jesus came along and turned it around. Yes, he hates him. For what he's done for me. Somebody go to church with me right there. And give God glory and praise. Do you know, don't make this hard. Do you know what becoming a Christian is? It's swapping places. It's you saying, Lord, would you come into my life and remake me? Would you come into my life and sustain me? Would you come into my life and take me over? Would you forgive me for the times I've denied you entrance? Would you forgive me the days I denied you access? I still repent. He's already gotten over it. And he's told me this. 
But I still go to him sometimes and tell him, I'm sorry for 21 years I lived against you. And I want to thank you that you didn't let me die in my sins. And I want to bless you that during that time you was merciful and gracious and goodness to a hobo like me. The Christian life is not a hard thing. It's an exchange thing. You exchange position of taking over and you go have a seat in your heart and let him sit down on the throne. Then Jesus Christ comes into your life. Tonight, somebody needs to do that. Tonight, you're worried, sick. Tonight, you're frustrated. Tonight, you're bound up. And tonight, God is letting it get worse. You know why? Because He loves you so much. You say, if He loves me, why don't He let it up? Because if He lets it up, you'll put it off. But He keeps the strain on. He keeps uh, the tension on. He keeps, uh, he keeps the, te- here it is, the tension on. Until your blood pressure goes through the roof. Until you almost stroke out. Why, preacher? Why doesn't God let up on me? Because he loves you too much to lose you. And the only way to get some of us is to half kill us. But he loves you so much that he will. It was getting worse in my life, worse in my life, worse. The darker, what do they say? The darkest night, the darkest part of the night is just before the sun comes up. Boy, that's the way it was in my life. I mean, it was a strain going on. It was a fight going on in my life. But I don't know why in the world. Now I look back, 2020 is hindsight. I guess uh, hindsight is 2020. I look back and I wonder why in the world didn't I throw in with him way before that? Because all I did was surrendered over my tension, all my hyperness, and all of my problems. And he came in and started a relationship of holiness and heaven. And some of you want that. And I want it for all of you. And I have but one goal between now and the graveyard as long as God let me preach on this wood floor. To get you to Him the best way I can. And Him to you the best way He can. And watch the two of you hook up and hang out. (laughs) Hallelujah. He likes living in my heart. But Satan hates it. Look at the second point tonight, if you will, the second truth. The first truth is that you've got to recognize this. If you're going to have victory over Satan, you've got to look at the person that he hates. It's not me Satan's coming after. It is Jesus Christ in me that he hates. But now we get, he's got a problem with this. 
What is the problem, preacher? The God in me won't let him have me. The God that lives inside of me is my holy protector. And he is greater in me than Satan is outside of me. So greater always wins over weaker. And everybody in here tonight needs to know that he lives in your heart. And not only that, he reigns in there to protect you from the snare of the fowler. From the snare of Satan. And the only way you'll ever have victory over him is recognize this is a battle between him and Jesus, not him and you. One of these days, God will call the Holy Spirit out of you and the Holy Ghost will go to meet God and your vile body will be changed in a moment and you'll have a body that will live in the presence of God in the power of the Holy Spirit without any satanic intervention. Somebody holler, Amen. Right there. Let me ask you a question. Are you not living with victory over Satan because you're fighting him? Are you not winning the battle with smoking because you're quitting? Are you not winning the battle with pornography because you're promising Jesus? Your promises to God are as full of holes as Swiss cheese. And you don't have to worry about him getting all uptight and judging you. He don't even listen to you. Why should he listen to you promise him anything he knows you can't do? But he will get you to the place to where you'll let him do it. <laughs> Those cigarettes, Lord help us. How many times I had a boy at work followed me around and picked him up out of the trash when I'd throw him away. I'd buy a pack and get under conviction and throw him away. And there was that old boy was in. He said, "I sure hope you keep on quitting." <laughs> I hope you keep on quitting. Now that's not going to send you to hell. That wasn't my greatest problem. It wasn't my, my greatest attribute. It was killing me, but it wasn't my problem. My problem was when I run headlong and what am I going to do about them? What can I do about them? And all I was getting was nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. It's an exchange life. I went to the altar and, 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 and laid out on the altar and I said, God, you're either going to have to equip the pulpits with ashtrays. If you call me to preach, I got a habit. I got, I got a problem. Not only do I smoke them, I like smoking. I could have eat one at any given moment. Filter and all. <laughs> And I said, Lord, what can I do to get over this? And I heard nothing. I told the preacher, I said, I asked him what I could do, and he said nothing. And the preacher had enough sense to say he said it right. 
I said he said nothing. Didn't you hear me? He said nothing was right. Because you can't do it. It's only when you absolutely, completely turn your life over to him that he steps in and gives you power. John 1.12, here it is. Here it is, John 1.12. But as men... I can't be a Christian preacher. If I give my life to Jesus, I'll sin again. Duh. Great announcement. We need to put that on the board for all to see. But as many as received Him, that's all you do. Now, you, you, you have no right to even be involved in the rest of that verse. It's a comma. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. I reckon if he can give you power to become a son of God, he can give you power to become a non-smoker. You say, well, I just don't believe a real Christian will smoke. There's so much you need to learn. We need to set up classes now. Oh, you can still have issues, but they're issues of training to train you you can't stop that either. You can't quit this either. You can't make any great statements about that either, son. And there's not one ounce in you that can stop that. Exchange it with me. What do you mean, Lord? Give it up and I'll take it away. That's the power. And I said, you know I'm tired of them. He said, no. You're not, ti- you're not tired of them. If you're tired of them, give me. Well, and I laid down my will. Never smoked another one. The taste, the attitude, the desire, the habit. I can't tell you anything from there because I don't know what happened to it. I know Jesus didn't take it because he don't smoke. (laughs) But what if I'd have said no? All of this is hinging on three letters. Y, E, as not my salvation, I would have still went to heaven. Smell like I just left hell. Miss <laughs> Hightower told me one time, she said, Preacher, I don't know why anybody smokes. She said, They fool at one end and fire at the other. <laughs> I got to go with her on that one. It's good theology. Y-E-S. Yes. This whole thing is predicated on a vision that came from, praise God, it came from one obedient act. Because when I started getting victory, I expected it. When he gave me victory over them cigarettes, 
When I got victory over the nicotine, I said, there ain't nothing too hard for God. Yeah. No wonder Satan binds us up. Then, secondly, there is a, there's, a, there's a purpose that he hinders. I'm, I, I, I'm done preaching. Let me just read. Uh, stand up and help me here, Travis. Uh, read off the screen if you want to. Read verse number 3 and 4. The first truth that we need to know is the person that he hates is in us. The devil don't give a rip about you. Look how he treated you before Jesus came along. If you tell me he loved you, you're emotionally crippled. He don't care about you. He hates the God in you. But it's the God in you who can give you power over the one outside of you that hates him. And he will if you let him. Then there's a purpose that he hinders. Satan hangs around where he knows purpose is available. Read 3 and 4. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with the change of raiment. Isn't that wonderful? Satan appears. Thank you, preacher. Satan appears at the right hand of Joshua in the presence of the angel of the Lord, who is representative here of the Lord Jesus. And Satan appears and begins to interact and react and transact business, he hopes, in the presence of holiness. Why? Because deep down he knows God is up to something. And he's going to do everything he can to hinder it. Hinder what? Number one, he wants to hinder a ceasing. Look in verse number four. And he answered and spake those that stood before him saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. Satan does not want us to cease from filth. He did not want him to cease from filth. And he did not want and does not want us to cease from filth. But Jesus comes along, strips us of our filth, and clothes us in the righteousness of God. Would somebody give the Lord some well-deserved glory? Not only a ceasing, there is a causing. Look what it says in verse number 4. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. I want to read it again because some of us think we have to stop something for God to stop it. We think we have to get involved with God's process if He's going to stop it. That's not what the Bible says. I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. Praise God. I am living in the present power of God because I have escaped 
from the past of my sin, the past record of my sin, and the past activity of my sin. And Satan hates it when you and I leave our past behind, wave goodbye, and move toward the future that only God can build for us. Satan has emotions too. And he does not want us going any further with Jesus than we went with him. But I like what he said. I was reading that, and man, I just lit up like the 4th of July. I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. That word pass means to be removed behind forever. Uh, There's not only a ceasing and not only a God causing, but there's a changing. Look in that verse. I will clothe thee. It doesn't say a change of garment. You would think it would read that way. But it doesn't. It says, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. Or, you wouldn't be doing anything illicit or illegal to this verse. I will clothe thee with a change of righteousness, a change of clothing. I will clothe you in change because change is what happens when Jesus Christ comes into your life. Satan can't stand that. He knew the night I got saved. He didn't know I was going to be a preacher. He didn't know I was going to be a church planner. He didn't know that this was going to happen. But he had such Uh, What is the word? A hunch. If the devil can have a hunch. A hunch. That something could get loose in that boy. And even he knew if it ever did, it could do something. So what does he do? He shows up in the presence of God and tries to discredit the situation. But the purpose that he hinders is only a, a... A smidget try. (laughs) He cannot hinder what God has established. And the scripture says, there's a change. I like that song we sing around here every once in a while. We might ought to pull it back out, Steve. He made a change in the way that I'm walking. He made a change in the way that I'm talking. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 5.17 states that, says that, and substantiates that in the Bible. How many of you are here tonight, a changed person, since the person of change came into your life? (laughs) Amen. You know why some of us don't relate to Jesus Christ on a daily basis? Is because we've never been changed for it. He said, though, there is a ceasing. He said, I'll stop some things. There's a causing. I'll cause your sin to be put behind you. And there is a changing that takes place in your life. And that's the purpose that Satan wants to hinder. He's there to try to stop Joshua from his purpose. Now, let me ask you this. Is the Holy Spirit being good enough to you to speak to you? To try to draw you to Christ. If he is. If he is. 
Why don't you tonight throw in with him? Because everybody doesn't have the opportunity you're getting. Everybody can come, but everybody won't. Why? Because everybody will not have the chance. Because many of the million that will die daily never hear the gospel. Never know the name Jesus. Never hear the word Bible. Never know what the cross purpose was for their life. And they die in their sin. Can you imagine dying from the heart of Africa with AIDS to fall into worse than that? You say, preacher, what could be worse than AIDS in Africa with the flesh falling off of the bone? Hell. You say they're living in... Oh, no, no, no. Get you a Bible. Leave the interior of infectious disease and die because of... Only to have greater pain. Some people will die with dreaded diseases and go to heaven. Some will die dreaded disease. Awful way to expire and go to hell. But not you, whom God's purpose has taken over. Look at the third, if you will, and final one. Let me give it to you, and I'll go. Not only the person that he hates, the purpose that he hinders. That's the truth that you need to be understanding. He hates you because of the purpose that Jesus died for. And then he hates you for the progress that he hampers. Look at verse 7, and I quit. The progress that he hampers. Let me, if I can, get you to look at verse number 7 and show you a couple of things underneath this. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my court. And I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Let me, let, me, let me read that progress report again. Notice what it says. God said, if thou wilt walk. There's a choice that we make. Larry, if you'll follow me. I'll take you somewhere. Little did I know. I have got people in Alaska. I have got people on all continents that's been saved somewhere I was preaching. I've got people from tapes Audio, video, DVDs, CDs that have been saved in jail houses. I got a letter from a kid 16 years old from a jail in North Carolina. 
He said, I've been incarcerated one year and five months. I saw your life story in, in the jail library. He said, they have it on DVD here. He said, I watched it. I wanted to write and tell you. I got saved. Kids that high to old people trying to make it through have been saved on a choice. I didn't make a great speech, CT. I had I had no idea what I was getting into. That night Ed McElby grabbed me by my face and drugged me out of that. Out from under that Lord's Supper table and said, will you preach? And I said, yes, sir. I thought maybe ever once in a while. Maybe in a nursing home. Maybe to one or two. Maybe eight or nine. Thousands and hundreds of thousands of people have heard the voice of this preacher and been saved. And you know, the thing that blows me out and blows me away and just takes me back. It's not that he done it. He can. It's that I done it. That I said, yes. Because that wasn't like me. But his promise works on a choice. He said, if thou will walk in my ways. Notice what he said secondly. And if thou will keep my charge. There's the condition. Not only is there a choice. But if you'll keep my charge. Here, here's what that means. Keep walking in your choice. That's the condition. Some of us get right in the middle of God blessing us. And God starts blessing us. And we get crazy and lose it. Keep doing what you're doing to get it, and you'll have it when it's time to keep it. But there's the choice, man. And then there's the condition, if you'll keep my charge. Then thou shalt also judge my house and keep my courts, and I'll give thee places to walk among these that stand by. That simply means this. There's compensation. He said, there's a heap of people standing by. Standbys are everywhere. But he said, I'll let you walk by them. And they can only wish that they had what I've done for you. 
I was in a meeting one time several years ago. There was a bunch of people there. There was a man here in town when I first started this church that badmouthed I'm surprised by his own verbal dissertation. I am surprised God didn't kill him. Now, there's not a lot that all of us can do, but all of us can keep our mouth shut. That's the privilege you have with two muscles. The upper one and the lower one. Let them meet and settle. Especially when you talk against something that God started. You're not talking against a preacher. You're laying your lips on what God breathed into existence. This man called himself telling the truth. Said said things about me and... And two other people. And one day when I hemmed him up and challenged him about it, he admitted it to me. You'll never be nothing. You've walked away from the only opportunity we gave you. And he said this. He said, I'll see to it that you don't preach to nobody if I have anything to say about it. It was so heated. It's as close as I've ever come to to feeling rage. I backed off from it. I was shaken. It It was God and nerves. Years passed. I was in this meeting preaching in Tennessee. The place is jam full. You couldn't hardly get in it. I was in the back. The man at the pulpit asked, where's Dr. Brown? They said, he's back here with us. I was in a metal chair back here in the corner. The aisles were packed. They said, come on, preacher. It's time to preach. I'm going down through there. Trying to make my way while they're singing a song. And I trip on a chair leg and fall in that man's lap. Like to fell on him. Should have. And I said, sir, I'm sorry. And he had me by both hands, by, by my arm. And it hit me who he was. Old, retired. He had come to the meeting with a group of people. Had no idea I was preaching. And he had to sit there with his own prophecy. For the 45 minutes. And watch what he said would never be seen. He said, I'll let you walk in places where people will have to stand by and watch you. Now, I don't gloat in that. I don't, well, yeah, I do. 
I, I was lying, and God told me right there, you lying. You I went to the pulpit and preached my heart out. Got over it and went on. But there's some verses in that book like this one that will bring up that memory. Don't you worry about what people tell you you can't do. You give yourself to progress with Him and He'll progress you into what He wants you to become. And it doesn't matter what somebody's opinionated opinion is. God will have His way. Somebody give Him glory right now. We, we can have victory over Satan. And we can do it if we'll recognize three truths. Truth number one, the person that he hates is not the preacher. Who am I that Satan would spend a moment hating me? It's the God that's going home with me. That he hates and that protects me. Number two, and you need to know that if you're going to have victory over Satan. You have to rest in the relationship that Jesus will give you what you need to be protected. And then number two, the purpose that he hinders is that purpose of clothing you. God has a reason for saving you and God has a channel by which that salvation comes. And it is a purpose That he hinders. I had a. I had a. A a church member. That's in the service. Who told me. In the business where she works. A preacher. Came into that business. And behind closed doors. Showed himself. Threw a fit. Cussed. In the city. Been in this building many times. Threw a fit. Over a few dollars. That girl had been trying to get that girl to church. Been trying to get that girl saved. And he had the audacity to let her know he had reverend in front of his name. He was hindered. And the purpose for his life is hindered because of the lack of purpose in another man's. But it wasn't the preacher. It was Satan working on him And now he's got God working in him. Because God will not let that rest. That will be fixed. Number three, the progress that he hampers. God wants us to progress. And God wants it by choice, by condition. And he wants us to do that tonight. Let's all stand together all over. How many of you join me here at the front and pray... God, give me victory over the powers 
of satanic influence in my life. Come on. Steve, get a microphone and pray, please. Pray and ask God to touch the people. Pray and ask God to be with us in power. Right now, in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we pray, Father, that you would help us as we all face Satan. We all come against the powers of evil. And Lord, I want to ask you this day that in Jesus' name you would keep us from evil. That it may not grieve us. That you would keep us from its presence, from its path, from its deception. And Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you would set, Lord, a hedge in place around us. Lord, not just from the outside, but from the inside. Uh, Protect us from our own flesh. God, I pray you'd protect us from our own mouth, uh, uh, from our own potential to to uh, uh, turn back into the old man and say and do oh, things God, yes. like the old man would do. Yes. I ask you in Jesus' yes. name uh, uh, that, Lord, we would represent you, dear God, uh, yes. as children of the King. Oh, God, uh, yes. Lord, as ambassadors for the cause of Christ. Jesus. We put that in your hands in Jesus' name. Is there anybody in this building tonight that would slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I'm not saved. Pray for me. I want to be. Anybody in this building, slip, God bless you, honey. Come to me right now and let me help you. Diane, get a Bible. Get a Bible. God's been working with this young and all day. Get your Bible and come right up here. This is my wife, Diane, honey. She'll meet you right there with a the Bible. And God bless you. Give the Lord praise for saving this child. Who else? I mean, tonight, God is working on your behalf. God is is speaking to your heart. Preacher, pray for me. I'm not saved, but I want to be. I see. Honey, God bless you. If you'll stand up and walk to that aisle and come down that aisle, somebody will meet you right now. God bless you. Amen. I need a lady right back yonder. Miss Eileen, run. Get that youngin' in the pink top coming down the aisle. Thank you, ma'am. Just turn right, honey. Turn right. That's it. Come right on. Steve, come right on. Come right on. Come right on. That's wonderful. Thank God. Who else? Slip it way up in the air. Pray for me, preacher. Pray for me. God knows I need the Lord. Here's my hand to God. Pray for me. Our Father, thank you tonight for working on the lives and hearts of people. Thank you for the Word of God you've helped us preach. God, I've had such a good time here tonight. Such a blessing to be in your presence.